Welcome to Worker Movement, a podcast dedicated to the working class, a podcast dedicated to raising class consciousness. This podcast is for you, for us, for the worker. Biden will become president, and that probably means that a bunch of horrible shit will be overlooked. John Kerry and his ketchup money are going to solve climate change. Instead of deleting the Department of Homeland Security, a Latino man is now in charge of the newly woke entity. Cecilia Munoz, who defended the Obama administration's policy of separating children, is now going to help fix the policy Trump expanded. It will also come as an absolute shock to people if there is additional Black Lives Matter protesting. Their candidate won. Why are they still protesting? This interferes with brunch. Now that Biden is president, what should you do? <laughs> Good question. This is the best part of being a leftist in looking through the lens of a shit lib. Because what happens now that Biden's president is um, every single group that was involved with the Obama fight, this is not my president and I hate you and you stole the election and all those things, are going to be coming back in full swing. So every single thing that Biden does is going to become just an enemy of the state. It's going to be the exact same playbook that Obama had, or they had for Obama, right? So it means the Tea Party's coming back, conservative groups are going to be fully funded, everything Biden's going to do is going to be terrible, which absolutely means now um, that it's it's full-blown opposition, which is completely different than what we had under you know Trump, which was the, the shit lip saying things like, oh, we need to resist, right? There's no fight in that. There's just, oh, we're just going to resist and, and take it, right? The Reds going to come out as hard as they can, and they're going to fight at every single level, at every single position, and they're going to be well-funded. And they're going to have a media train behind them. So we know that Fox News is going to have to get their teeth out again and start fighting the Biden campaign and the Biden presidency because there's already threats from Trump loyalists to buy News Corp. Just, just take it over and do what they want with the company and the branding. And, and that right there signals how crazy they're going to be to fight anything that seems like a liberal um, agenda at all because they, they, they have the money, they have the power, they're going after it. Have you, have you seen Biden's uh, birth certificate? No. I mean, Joe Joe Biden, I mean, he's got, he's a, just a terrorist. I mean, his middle name is Robinette, so can you really trust the guy? Can't. Was he wearing a dress, too? I, I haven't seen his birth certificate. I haven't seen Kamala's either. What kind of name is Kamala? Can't even say it. Kam- Kamala? Kamala? I think it's Kamala. Is it Ka- How do you say it? Is it Kamala? Kamala. Kamala, right, with the P. Yeah, with, yeah, with with the hard C and the hard P, Kamala. So uh, <laughs> the Tea Party is going to be ready and willing to go down that kind of dreary path of just insane, incoherent messaging. The Dems never engage in any of it. Worst they get is there's a Cheeto in the White House, Orange Man bad, just stupid, benign stuff. But there's really no action associated with it. And you have Obama, who's recently decided that he wants to do interviews and make quotes and talk and not be personally liable for Trump existing, saying stuff like, well, now that Biden's in president, why is the GOP complaining about the debt or complaining about this or complaining about that? And it it's just readily evident that he does not understand that the GOP does not give a shit about anything policy-wise. They just purely want power. And so long as they complain about the incumbent administration, that's probably going to be helpful to their cause of winning, which is what their primary operative is. They want to win. It's all about messaging. Hillary Clinton lost because she had no messaging, and the GOP had spent 16 years or 20 years debranding her. 
right? Joe Biden almost didn't win because they spent a year and a half debranding Joe Biden, basically calling him mush brain. John Kerry didn't win because they swift boat attacked him. He's a flip flopper. He likes waffles. He wears flip flops, right? I mean, all he had to say was, "I've seen atrocities of war and I don't believe it anymore." It would have been like, "I'm not flip flopping. It's just fucked up." Here's some pictures. I actually went to Vietnam and my opponent didn't. And yeah, war is something bullshit, like that. And we should withdraw from Iraq and Afghanistan because Bush is a war criminal. But he didn't say any of that. No, I I don't do coke like he does. He's a fucking cokehead. They could have said that. I got above a C average when I went to Harvard or Yale, wherever I went to. My opponent didn't. He's a moron. Right? Yeah. John Kerry lost. Obama won on Hope, which was really just a campaign against George Bush. And then Hillary came around and ran again as the I'm with her, which is a completely passive campaign slogan. It doesn't mean anything. So passive. And that's a good <laughs> a good way of putting it. It's just so passive. It, it expresses an affiliation with an identity group without expressing any, like, forward intent as to what she would do as president. It doesn't say, I want to end war because murdering kids in Afghanistan at a wedding is bad. Because I'm with her. But her doesn't mean anything. We need more female war criminals. Yeah. I mean, what, what, is, what is with her means? I mean, it, let's just take something like, uh, make America great again. Okay, that's a very active statement. That I don't like the way it is. We're gonna we're gonna rewind everything the black president did. Right, that's exactly what that meant. It was dog whistle. I am with her. Says I'm a female candidate. Please vote for me because I'm female. Make America great has a verb in the slogan. Make yep. to make yep. to do something. Yep. I'm with her. Yep. It doesn't express any action. Yep. What was Joe Biden's? More hope and less change? Like, or something? I honestly don't know what his slogan was. Maybe build exactly. back better. But that seems to be like a, a post, post-election post kind of messaging thing. I, I don't remember what his message was besides don't let Joe Biden die <laughs> before inauguration. I really don't know what his slogan was because I, I was so tuned out to his slogan. It got to the point where we were, you know, discussing early on about whether or not we wanted to even vote for Biden and to the point where harm reductionists became like, okay, we've exhausted every single avenue we have, which then meant I wasn't engaged in the campaign because knocking on my chud neighbor's doors is not going to take down their Trump sign. It doesn't work. They have a Trump sign up. Oh, engage them and talk to them about what? I would like to talk to you about Biden's slogan, which I do not recall. Thank you for your time. His slogan might have been, I don't recall. If you're watching this, you're running for president. <laughs> oh, okay. I was fucking confused what I was doing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so back so back to the Biden issue. The Biden issue is this. Everybody seems to get soft when the candidate they, that they think is their champion wins. When every single group that had any type of integrity sat on their heels when Obama bombed brown kids in the Middle East. They sat on their heels through deportation. They sat on their heels when DACA didn't get done. They sat on their heels when they didn't get the health care we wanted. They sat on their heels when they didn't get the bank reform we wanted. They sat, I mean, they just sat on their hands and they just pretended they the, the DSA the entire time. They did not pick a fight at all with that administration. They just let him keep going to the right. They did not pull him over. And so this is where we have the actual chance, real chance, to take the energy we had the pure hatred that you have in your heart for Trump and his policies in the right wing and let that grow. Like, feed on that hatred for him. Let the hate flow through you.
it began to shift from being a reactive leftist to a proactive leftist. Meaning that, yes, we need to support some of Biden's policies, but we also need to basically be there to oppose Biden constructively. Not in some way that, oh, we hate Biden, we're going to tear him down because his shoes are ugly and fuck him in his in his coats. He, he wore a tan suit. Like he wore a tan suit. Yeah, he wore a white belt, whatever. But we need to be there to pull him and actually show him why it's different or at least get our bench ready you know, at the local level to fight, 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 fight. The, the entire messaging, the entire fight from Last Psycho was using the word resist, which wasn't even a fight. It was just passively getting on the internet and trolling people on Reddit, I guess, and Twitter. I mean, I don't even know what the word resist is. It took until the the extrajudicial um, murder of African-Americans and just the hatred they have for the system for it to boil over for the Dems to actually get any fire in their, in their belly. And this is fucked up. It took the murder of human beings over and over again to get the Dems fired up. And in the end, what did they do? They actually put in place someone who doesn't want to defend the police and someone who was a cop prosecutor so just right there it should tell you that your your fight isn't over the people that, that are in power now at the national level are not there for you they're not they're there for corporations they're going to fight for the corporations continuously and this is where we have to be proactive and not reactive during biden's presidency we will see an onslaught of propaganda from both sides and the reason we're going to see this is because propaganda works. So we're going to just come up with a hypothetical, which is Biden does something in line with some policy that in some way, shape, or form benefits somebody. We're going to use student death. Student death. You're just going to kill all students. Student death by student debt. We're going to use the example of student debt cancellation. I suspect that the Biden administration will work out some deal with the Senate to pass some absolutely benign, means-tested, garbage student debt cancellation policy that does something like, if you live in a census tract that's below the poverty rate in a field related to education that serves a diverse population, then you're eligible for a reduction in your student loan debt by $500 for every E in your middle name. It's something where like you have, you have to work 10 years in order for you to actually... You know, get it paid off. It, it's something that doesn't just magically happen. It's it's like the teacher pay down now. It's just some means tested garbage of a plan. And you're gonna see three reactions. You're gonna see the media reaction. You're gonna see the the GOP reaction. And you're gonna see the kind of democratic or shit lib reaction. So the media is gonna create this faux controversy. They're gonna create debate. They're gonna have very serious opposition, and they're gonna have people advocating for it and against it. They're gonna parrot the cost or the this or the that. But at the end of the day, they're fine with this because it doesn't actually structurally affect anything that capital cares about because it's so means-tested and worthless that it, it just doesn't matter. It's all a facade for the media. They're creating propaganda on both sides, and that's kind of their job, their place in the two-party capital system. The GOP is going to just come out screaming and hollering about this, that, and the other thing. It's going to be like uh, the Obamacare debates where you have death panels Anything that can stick, they're going to throw it out there. They're going to whine about how much it costs, that it's a handout, poor people are going to benefit. The GOP doesn't really give a shit about handouts, but they don't want poor people to benefit from anything. And then you're going to see the Tea Party scream kind of in concert with what the, the Republican Party line is. But they're kind of allowed to scream a little bit differently and a little bit louder on some areas. And the, the Republican Party as a formal entity can kind of distance themselves from those crazy, zany ideas. But 
they're still going to be presented in the media. Then you'll have the shitlib brunch crowd praise this as a monumental achievement for humanity and how this will allow you know, three people in all of America to reduce their student debt by you know, $500 after 13 years and in inflation if the planet lasts that long. That's how you can expect the propaganda attack to work for anything that Biden's administration does. And here's how we need to be prepared to respond to it as a leftist and presenting the leftist point of view. You know, the first thing is that if something like this comes up, anything that's means tested needs to be countered immediately. That doesn't go far enough for helping people. Because means testing means that you've excluded a group of people based on, you know, the amount of money they make or their age or, you know, whatever benefits you want to do. And why this is an issue is that as soon as you means test it, you, you kind of remove the buy-in from all society. You only give buy-in to a small percentage of people, right? And the, and the other thing you have to push back on is, you know, is, is any of this money go to um, trades, right? You're going to see that argument a lot too about, oh, how it's not fair for the trade and the unionists and all these things. You're going to see all that fighting. But the, the point is, is that there's a cost associated with training individuals for the workforce and the government needs to be there to pick that up. And that's what the fight is, is that distribution of money to help education improves all of society. So that's generally the problem with means testing is if, if something is valued by society, it should be available to everybody in society. And there's no reason to create bureaucracy to allow some small group of people to benefit yep. from something while the bureaucracy filters out another subset of the population from benefiting when we've already decided that whatever the, the benefit is should be available to everybody. So here's the example. If, if you gave everybody $500 for their student loans, it may not be anything to the, the wealthy person that they got it, right? But they're already going to be paying more in taxes for it. So you're going to make that money back anyways because you're going to raise their taxes. But at least they've seen that they get $500 back so they can pay for their fail son's you know, art degree. They can pay for whatever they want to with that or books or whatever it is. And it's, it's a fairness associated with it. And then they might not even use it because they're going to be like, I don't need it, right? And there's that, that mentality of it. So at the end of the day, there's no reason to means test. Unless, of course, you made the pot so small that it wasn't actually an effective program in the first place. And that is actually what we're going to see, is that they already made a pot so damn small that it wasn't actually usable. The next sort of way to respond is that the GOP is going to complain about the cost, and they're going to complain about the debt, and they're going to complain about how this deters small businesses and economic growth. And it doesn't have to be true. But the response can always be that this will help small businesses because of this, or this will increase economic growth because of this. And we don't actually give a shit whether it helps small businesses or it increases economic growth. We want to do it because it's a societal benefit. But by playing within their verbiage and their sort of structural playground of issues they care about, it foists the burden on them to argue for their point of view rather than defending your point of view. Yeah, yeah. How, how is this going to hurt small businesses? When you give individuals more money in their pocket to go to small businesses and shop, how will it help them? And the other question is, is that if a small business is going to be affected by such a, a change in society, it's probably because they don't want to give up their free labor, right? A lot of this argument with this has to do with the fact that, you know, a, a lot of people are underpaid and they are degreed. And because of that, they can afford to pay somebody less continuously, which is exploitation of labor, and that's how they make their savings or their profits. And if that's how they do it, you need to push back really hard because there's no reason that they should have any economic uh, problems 
if you know student debt is is reduced or eliminated i would say eliminate it's just you know an ungodly amount of money for everybody it's time to get rid of it um but at the end of the day you're probably not gonna get that you probably won't get that and so that leads into explaining why the policy is insufficient countering the arguments as to why it's bad from the other side and then the final thing we have to do is say what it should be and you just alluded to it which is we should cancel all student debt and so we need to be prepared to say why we should do that yeah and the, the reason why i mean student the student population that spent their time going to school and, and those of you that have degrees know this right you spend your time going to school you sacrifice the time you could have been in the workforce whatever you want to call there you incurred a bunch of debt you incurred a bunch of time off with your family that you should have been potentially you know with them like it is an actual sacrifice to spend that time in trade school or in college or getting an advanced degree or medical degree and whatever it happens to be and because of that this is where it benefits society to have you back in the buying pool to start purchasing again and canceling debt means that you can do stuff like buy a house that you can't do if you have a completely you know a, a student loan payment that's just as much as a house right or car and those things actually stimulate the economy. Those are the actual things that actually move the economy with, with velocity of money. And so the entire idea around canceling student debt is to unburden individuals that received education and allow for their increased involvement in the free market of capitalism, which should help capital because there will be more money. Now, from a purely sort of socialistic point of view, we would argue that student debt should not exist at all because access to education should be free and you shouldn't have to pay for it and there shouldn't be this entire predatory process around banks siphoning off money of students and you know, schools offering grants and just the whole entire like economics of colleges making money off of students should not exist but because it does we can explain why the policy that we want which is the cancellation of student debt helps within the context of the capitalistic society. Yep. And this applies to stuff like healthcare debt. Why should anybody be burdened with debt for receiving healthcare to keep them alive? That too makes no sense. No sense at all. Right? I mean, people are fighting for their lives and then also have to decide if they're going to go bankrupt or not, which is just bonkers to me. Now that we've kind of presented how the argument will work for a given topic, what can you do to influence kind of your community, your neighbors, other people into coming around to your point. You know, we are advocates here of being local, getting active local. And the first instinct that most people have is to join some sort of institution. But you cannot join the institution unless it is moving to what you believe in or has the same focus that you want to, you know, join into. So an example of don't join the Dem Party because it's full of shit libs who just want mediocre little bits of reform. Right, they're going to waste your time. Right, You might want to, instead of joining the party, you may want to join in something that's local in the community, like the library board, where you can try to focus on the programs or things that can help enlighten individuals in your area. Or you may want to donate time to other institutions you know, at, at the city planning level or somewhere where you can actually affect change at a much higher level and have a much lower barrier of entrance for that change. Because if you're only one of seven people on a... A board for the city, you know, water treatment, whatever it happens to be, you have the ability to have your your voice heard. If you're one, you know, schmuck out of 110 people at the Dems, you know, convention, you don't have much of a voice because it's being overcrowded by a bunch of people who think that, you know, means testing is great. 
just as an example. Uh, you don't want to spend any of your time within any group that is not a militant leftist group, like the DSA. Total waste of time. Uh, they, they sit around and they just they watch the paint dry. They sit on their hands. They don't do anything for the actual elections. They're not on the street. They don't do anything. Now, there are some people within the DSA who do those things. Right? Those are the people that, you know, a few of them who are actually are militant and actually go about their way and, and, and try and, and fight for that. But at the end of the day, you know, the DSA themselves, the the party, doesn't do much, right? Oh, they endorsed candidates and they had, you know, 19 of their 22 endorsements nationally won, but they just endorsed people that were already going to win. I mean, deep blue seats or, you know, some national level stuff, and they didn't do anything. And then the finally is you don't want to join any type of reactionary group that doesn't really have any... Uh, structure around it because in the end you're just going to be reactionary the entire time you will not affect any change you won't be there doing anything a prime example of this is occupy wall street great group of people uh, the anarchists came out they flooded the streets they pissed off capital for a while they, they just basically rang the bell and they and they started a natural conversation but because there was no actual leadership there and they had no real mission in the end they were just a group of whiny kids that just kept complaining about i guess the inequality or the pork and beans that the person gave to the group was too salty. I don't even know. What, you know, you don't even remember what their message was. And they weren't wrong, but the Obama admin absolutely crushed them to the point where we don't remember what the the arguments were. Not because they were wrong, but because the media cycle killed it. And it was like, what, 12 years ago? Yeah. yeah. Underneath, a, underneath a liberal president, right? Occupy Wall Street got what in support? Nothing. Nothing. That should tell you what it means when capital wants to win. So what can you do? We already talked about this, right? You can get active locally. You can decide to run if you want to. That's fine. You know, I think we're planning on some episodes. We're going to talk about how to run. But, you know, you should definitely try to run school boards, county commissions, all that stuff. Definitely run in seats that are unopposed. Always run in seats if you can that are unopposed because it's bullshit that, you know, the Republican sheriff keeps getting elected because nobody ran against them. You can do things like again we said join the library board. Uh, we can we can do the local conservancies. Anything that you want to for the environmental at that point in time. Uh, you can do trolling. You can create fake Facebook, Twitter accounts next door. Waste people's time. Right, just waste people's time where they are otherwise be posting and bringing up bullshit and and posting nonsense. I mean, you can go ahead and respond to your crazy uncle's racist Facebook posts with why do you believe this. Right, that that question is enough to troll old Uncle Jimmy, who's just a fucking piece of shit. Uh, you can write messages and talk anywhere you want to. I mean, there's a ton of stuff you can do. You can leave messages, you know, in in not the mailbox, but in newspaper boxes. You can do things like talk about unions, you know, with with um, you know, low paid workers that when you go to Starbucks to get your basic drink, right? You can do these things that actually push the leftist agenda. There needs to be an energy on the left that pulls Biden as far to the left as possible, but we know that Biden isn't really going to move. What we have to do is affect locally and then affect the state level. So there has to be an observable leftist opposition in every corner of the nation. For future episodes and to learn more about the worker movement, join us at workermovement.com.